Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. I am your host, Jim Brangenberg. Many thanks to Michael Miracle. Thank God for the miracle. Oh, thank you, Michael. And thank you for being an incredible engineer today. I will make sure, studio, or the live audience out there on the radio, that I will make his life as difficult as possible today. Please check out our website to find out more about the mission that I call I Work For Him. That the website is iwork, the number four, him.com. That's iworkforhim.com. And in case you want to catch up on any of the past shows uh, that we've had here at I Work For Him over the last 31 weeks, you can check out the archives of all of our shows on the WTIS website, which is WTIS1110.com. Under Shows, click on I Work For Him, and in the bottom right-hand corner, you can see all of the archives. All right, you may ask me, why am I doing the I Work For Him show? And I'll tell you, every week, here's why I'm doing it. In Tampa Bay, there's four and a half million people. And on any given Sunday, if every church were filled to capacity, there'd still be over three million people that aren't even going to church. But they go to work on Monday. You who work in the workplace, you who call yourself a Christ follower and are going to work on a Monday morning, you are going to the largest unreached people group in the world, the workplace. You've been called to your cubicle by Christ. You may be the only Jesus that these people will ever see. Make sure you pay attention to what you're doing there. It is a high, high calling. Some people get called overseas. Some people get called to the pulpit. But if you've been called to your cubicle, it is a high calling because those people will never, they may never enter a church, darken the doorsteps of a church. You know, some perspective. I'm a business owner. I work for him as my business. It's my passion. It's what I do on a day-by-day basis, encouraging Christian small business owners to incorporate Christ into the workplace. But with regard to workplace ministry, I'm no expert. I'm fighting the battle along with you every day to learn how, along with the Lord, how to incorporate my faith into what I do on a day-by-day basis. Please listen in every week so you can learn along with me what God's been saying to me. But before we start the show today, I just want to put out some super duper positive news. I had the privilege of serving as an usher at Congressman Bill Young's funeral this past week. And I am I happened to get the center aisle. And I just want to tell you, I got to meet a couple of very famous politicians. That's no great big deal. They're politicians. We know we vote for them, but we don't like them. But here's the good news. In the audience that day at Bill Young's funeral was uh, Congressman 
uh, 45 members of congressmen, including the Speaker of the House, John Boehner, the former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, the governor of the state of Florida, Rick Scott, our Senator Bill Nelson, one of our senators from the state of Florida, along with 45 other people, including the sheriff of Pinellas County, dozens and dozens and dozens of powerful business people in our area. And the fantastic positive news is they all heard the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Every one of them heard the truth spoken by Pastor Dr. Charlie Martin, spoke the truth to those people. Nancy Pelosi and John Boehner, two of the most powerful people in the world, heard the message of Jesus Christ. That's positive. The governor of the state of Florida heard the message of Jesus Christ. They now know the truth and they're accountable for it. Okay, I'm back off my soapbox, but I want to make sure you knew that you should be praying for those people so that the message that they heard would root in their heart and grow. All right, we have the privilege today of having in our studio Lisa Hudiman with Black Diamond Associates, and we have Rose Avril with St. Francis Sleep Allergy and Lung Clinic. She's going to be joining us in a few minutes, but we're talking today about the book that Lisa wrote, which was The Value of Core Values, Five Keys to Success Through Value-Centered Leadership. And I I had the privilege, uh, Lisa, of hearing you at the first Christian Chamber of Commerce meeting back in April, and you were sharing about your book and the uh, stories of the business owners that you worked with that are written in this in this book and how they allowed, how they started to incorporate Christ into the workplace, specifically into their core values. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited to be here with you. Well, I'm glad you're here, and I'm excited for my audience to hear more about this 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 book and really your mission of helping Christ-centered people to incorporate uh, Christ into their core values of their business. First, tell me about yourself. How long have you lived here in Florida? I moved to Tampa in 1983. Did they have dirt roads back then, or did they have? I mean, because back then, I mean, 1983. I'm sure Elmer was Elmerton under construction in 1983. It probably was. It still is, isn't it? Yeah, and 19 was probably under construction then, too. And Howard Franklin hadn't even been built on one half, for sure. I mean, it just, it's unbelievable. Some things never change. Well, there are actually only two tall buildings in downtown Tampa. Wow. Think about that. A lot has changed in the last 30 years. That's incredible. All right. So do you have any family or friends you want to say hi to out there? I do. I love to say hello to my husband, Scott, and to my daughters, Katie and Abby. Do you think they're listening? They're either listening or the the girls are doing homework, hopefully. (laughs) Well, they can listen to the archive with you later. You bet. All right. Fantastic. Tell me how Christ impacted your life. Oh, I don't think an hour can... No, uh, we only have a few minutes, but just give me the short version. All right. So Christ, with his grace and his mercy, impacts my life every single day. Guides me, uh, keeps me straight, brings me back when I'm straying. Uh, grants me peace and gives me the strength to do what I need to do. So how did you first meet Christ? I've known Christ all my life. I get reintroduced to him many times. There's been those impact moments in Mm -hmm. my life where he's jumped up and told me, "Um, excuse me, (laughs) I'm here. It's kind of a liken it to a, a few days ago, or it was about a month ago, I was driving the Crosstown into Tampa from the east, and the full moon was out, and it was on the west side. I mean, it was on the left side, and I was driving, and I could see it off to my left, but I had to keep my eyes on the road. And 
that was that's kind of like what Christ is like. You know, you, he's out there, but you're so busy day to day doing what you're doing that you have to keep your eye on the road. And, and he may be distant, you know, but I kept looking for it because it was so gorgeous and beautiful. But every once in a while, the road and the, and the moon were aligned. And when that was when that happened, it was just amazing. So I think that kind of illustrates what my life's been like. So tell me about your business expertise, because you've written a book about incorporating Christ in your core values. How, what's your business experience to give you privilege to even write a book like that? Well, my business background, I worked for 20-some years in a large corporation, and I did a lot of work there in developing new businesses within this larger corporation. And I also have done a lot of business strategy work, new business development. But the reality is the credibility for this book and my expertise is, is really in sharing the expertise of all of the business owners that I wrote about, because it's their stories that share how people really do this. And I was simply the instrument to write their stories. And you right now have a business called? Black Diamond Associates. And what, do, what does Black Diamond Associates do? Well, our purpose, my purpose, is to bring joy to work. And that happens by helping uh, everybody that we meet use more of their potential every day. We do that by allowing people to be aligned with the work, uh, with their, aligning their work with the talents that they've been given so that they feel joy and and rewarded for the work that they do, that they find value in what they do, and that just is joyful. But also creating a work environment that makes it a great place to work. And when that happens, you have happy, loyal employees. And when you have happy, loyal employees, you're likely going to attract and retain happy, loyal customers. And that's part of the work we do. Strategy, people, process, and culture. Now, what, what inspired you to write a book? God. <laughs> okay. But but how did you get the topic? I mean, okay, so God says write a book. Did he tell you? I mean, tell, tell me how you came up with this book. I Literally, this was one of those moments in my life where... God spoke to me. And the only reason I can say it was either that or, you know, it was an indigestion. I heard, I was journaling and I heard words very, very clearly. I said, Lisa, you're going to write a book about companies who live their core values. And you're going to use case studies to write this book. And at that moment, I was filled with the passion to write it. Hmm. I knew immediately with a certainty that this book was going to be a reality. And I can only say that that's a divine inspiration. All right. So, and this book, writing this book took you all over the country. You met with businesses all over the place, didn't you? I have. I spoke to business owners all over, large companies, small companies, all different industries. I simply started asking people, who do you know that run companies that are successful because they live their core values? And I started, I talked to about 25 different business owners. In the first section of our show, we started talking with Lisa Hudderman with Black Diamond Associates about the book she wrote, this excellent book called The Value of Core Values. And we have now joined with us in the studio, Rose Averill with the St. Francis Sleep Allergy and Lung Clinic. Welcome to you both. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Lisa, I'm welcome, welcome to have you back, too. Thank you so much. Now, Rose is also a very famous radio personality. She has her own show on 
What is it? Wednesday? No, I don't even know. It's I'm sorry. I should have <laughs> Thursday thought nights right here on everybody's favorite station, WTIS Thurs- Inspiration Radio. That's right. Thursday nights during the same slot. So starting next week, it'll be at four thirty in the afternoon. This week, it'll be at five o'clock. And in case you didn't know that, now you do. Now I do. That's right. Daylight savings time starts next week. Okay. So Lisa, we started talking in the first half of the, the first quarter of the show, just a little bit about what God has done in your life and how we prompted you to do this book. But just for the sake of the listeners, just join us. You've written this book called The Value of Core Values, which is really about those Christian business owners learning to incorporate their faith right into the core values of the business. What prompted you to write this book? Well, I believe that God did by giving them an inspiration, actually very specific instructions. You're going to write a book about companies that are successful because they live their core values. And then filling me with the passion to make it happen. And so how did you accomplish it? Well, I started asking a number of people. I said, who do you know that run companies that are successful because they live their core values? And I started calling them up and interviewing them. And so I got all these stories, and then I thought, now what? And I spent a little bit of the time in the desert saying, you know, what do you want me to do with this, God? Uh, But through prayer and um, a lot of time in... uh, Reflection. I identified that what were the what were the commonalities that I found across all of these businesses because they were large and they were small and they were different industries, and what was what was common that I could share, and I came up with five five key principles. All right. So the the, the so the premise behind this book is what? Just in a, in a real short suite. The premise is that. There's a lot of stories, sensational stories in the marketplace about companies who have imploded because of greed. The premise of this book is that it doesn't have to be that way, that you can be successful and live your core values, that they're not diametrically opposed forces, but in fact, it's through living your core values that it leads you to sustainable success. And success includes profitability. So you're saying it's okay for Christians to have profitable businesses? Uh, You can't hire your people, you can't serve your clients, you can't serve your community if you don't have profitability. Yeah, I'm amazed at how many people think that, well, if you're, if I'm going to incorporate my faith in Christ into my core values, my mission, and my vision, that I'm not going to be able to make any money anymore. And we're like, that's not, that's not at all the case. God needs us. God wants us to make this money, not so we can all increase our status of living, but that we can increase our status of giving. Exactly. And the the point is that if profitability is a value, you will have difficulty. But profitability is a laudable goal. But we sometimes confuse them. So mm-hmm. you have to be careful as to where your where your heart is. Well, and, and it's a danger. If you have it as your value, then you may compromise everything in order to make sure you're making profit as opposed to having it as a laudable goal if you are staying by your corporate or your core values that it will be it will become evident that you're making a profit because you're taking care of your customers in a way that's glorifying to God so it's a great thing so what are those five keys to success summarize the book in, in a minute or less okay then really quickly the first one is that you have to own your own values many of the CEOs that I spoke to started their own businesses because they found that where they were working before, that there was a better way to do it, that they found that there was a disconnect between who they were and what was their core values and the places where they were working. This is true also for those of you out there listening who are working for a company. If you're working for a business where your values are asked to be compromised, it's time for you to start looking because it's not good for you and it's not good for the organization. 
Now, sometimes this has something to do with morality, but a lot of times it doesn't, not necessarily. Culture of a business is defined by its values. And one of the companies that I interviewed, weirdness was part of their culture. Well, I don't fit in a culture of weirdness. It's just not who I am. So it wouldn't be a good place for me to work for my sake, and it wouldn't be good for the employer to hire me. So that's the first one, is that you have to own your own values. And on a personal level, if you don't live your life by non-negotiable principles, if you don't make your decisions based on those things that are most important, you're not likely to live by the values of an organization. So you have to own your own values first. Okay. All right. So you've asked Rose Avril to be here today, and and you shared with me off off the radio why, but I'd like you to tell the audience, you know, Rose is already famous. She's already on the radio here on WTIS, as she said, on Thursday nights at 5 o'clock this week, next week at 4.30. She's got a show with her husband, Frank, and and I've gotten to hear it a couple of times. What? Why do you have, why'd you invite Rose to join us? Well, I invited Rose because she is actually putting into practice the principles that I've shared that other CEOs have used in order to create the culture within her uh, medical practice. All right. So, Rose, welcome again to the show. Oh, thank you. Talk about how um, you know just your relationship with Lisa has impacted you know, what you're doing in your business and, and just a couple of the ways that you are really incorporating your core values into the St. Francis St. Francis Sleep Allergy and Lung Clinic. It's such a mouthful. I apologize. I want to make, <laughs> well, make sure you got there. Well, it's all the things that we, that we right. do. So, yes, we do have the radio show on Thursday night, which is Dr. Averill Answers. My husband is a medical physician. He is board certified in five specialties and we take care primarily sleep allergy and pulmonary lung disorders so we at st francis sleep allergy and lung institute we it's a business and we take we have the practice we also have clinical research so we we have a number of employees and i was gifted by a good friend a copy of the book the value of core values last christmas and I read it over Christmas break and I showed it to my husband. I said, You got to read this. And then we, after reading, now we did have discussion about our values at, at our office, but Lisa puts it in, in a way that makes it tangible, that makes it as a business owner that I was like, you know, I can incorporate this so the values aren't just something that are shoved in the place, in the, the pages of our, you know, some document somewhere in a file or maybe even posted on a wall. But what do they really mean? Because they only mean something if you know what it means to actually live them out. So we actually, when we came back in January after the winter break, we said, okay, well, we're going to, we had staff meetings where we had the entire staff really discuss and go through some of the the work um, sheets that she has in her book about what are are the values, you know, um, you know, values, it's whatever is really important to you and wherever you, your heart is and your time is and your mind is. And so if we're going to incorporate, hopefully, good, positive values um, is what we were, of course, focusing on. So we, we had the staff work on that in terms of individuals. And then, well, what does this mean here? So we had a number of staff meetings where we really worked on this. And we ended up uh, consolidating all that into five main uh, core values. And our first core value is actually Christ-centered faith. 
and it we put it with Christ-centered faith, God, hope, and belief, because all those words came from what our staff was saying, and they all went together. Then our next one is love, compassion, giving, peace. Then our third one is service, patience, contribution, and purpose. Our fourth is truth, integrity, honesty, and honor. And our fifth is joy, happiness, lightness, and freedom. And we are also um, St. Francis, and this, of course, goes along with what you hear about in the prayer on St. Francis and being a Christian practice. But you have to take this from to the next level. And that's the next thing that we did. And it was also following the advice that Lisa has in her book, The Value of Core Values. And that is saying, well, okay, what does that tangibly look like? Well, and I think that's really where I wanted to go with this because we've got just a couple minutes left of this segment. Is you know everybody talks about, hey, I got a mission, vision, and values for my business. I, I've got you know this is where I'm going, but but very few people, first of all, write down their core values. Lisa, why are core values so important? Because they guide your decision making. When you come up with a decision that you have to make, you should ask yourself, what would our core values tell us to do? And when you follow that as opposed to what is the most profitable thing to do? What would our core values tell us to do? That is why you bother to do it. That way you know that every person in your organization is aligned and going to be making decisions the way you want them to. Well, and, and so, Rose, as we finish up the segment, you've incorporated these core values. You, you, you said Christ-centered faith, love, service, truth, joy. You've been working on this all through the year, and I know it's mm-hmm. been a process. What's the impact, in a very short period of time, what's the impact that it's made on your workplace? Oh, it's very positive, uh, and it also helps us when we bring new team members in, when we hire. We start out, this is part of our hiring process now, is these are our core values, and we ask them to write down what would you, how would you live that here in this workplace? What would that look like? And that helps us bring in people that are in line with our values and add to the team in the right way. Has it been fun or frustrating incorporating these new core values? Uh, you know, it's it's never always easy. Uh, and, and there's... And I, I think one of the hardest things that we had um, was we ha- we did have some uh, some staff turnover. And when it, when we look at it, it's like, well, you know what? Those they probably weren't in alignment, and the, you could see. And so now it's we are getting to where it's more uh, people are more in alignment, and the staff that we have currently is, and that's great. All right, we, were, we are talking in studio today with Lisa Hudiman with Black Diamond Associates, who wrote the book, The Value of Core Values, The Five Keys to Success Through Value-Centered Leadership. And we also have in our studio Rose Averill with St. Francis Sleep Allergy and Lung Clinic, who has taken this book and incorporated it into her, work, into her workplace. Rose also happens to have a radio program on Thursday nights at 5 o'clock right here on WTIS. So, Lisa, as we went to the break, I said to you, I really want to talk about uh, you know, we're, I was asking the question, why are core values so important? But before, it says five keys to success for value-centered leadership. I, I gave you a minute before to summarize the book, and you took three minutes to just talk, the talk uh, on the first one. We have to own our own values, you said. That right. was number one. What are the other four? All right. Well, the second one is you have to define the values for your organization. What do they mean? So you define them in terms of behaviors. And then the third key is that you have to share them, which means constantly and consistently always letting people know what your values are internally externally 
The fourth key is that you have to institutionalize them. That means that the business processes support people in living them. Those are the things that you want to make sure your structure, your process, your procedures, all of those things are in alignment with their values. But all of this doesn't matter if you don't honor them. And that's the fifth key, that you have to honor You have to actually walk the talk and hold people accountable when they don't. All right. So these core values, they're so important. Why? I mean, it's just values. I mean, it's just pe- when people start a business, they first they get their LLC agreement or their or their C corp agreement done, and they they get a mission, the vision, and the values. Write it down, then they go. Okay. Why are the core values so important? Why are you saying they're so important? Well, fundamentally, it leads to sustainable profitability. So, if you're in business, most businesses are in business to attract and retain loyal customers, maybe patients, maybe students, depending on what your business is. The only way that that can happen is if you have happy, loyal employees inside your organization. How this all comes together and is sustainable is by shared values. Creating a culture where people want to work makes it a great place to work so that people want to do business with you. So why do so many businesses, and maybe Rose, you can jump into this one too, why do so many businesses ignore their core values? Don't even identify. Why do so many businesses ignore this process? I just... uh... I think that they most businesses do, as you said, write it on paper somewhere. You know, they have these ideas. But there's a real difference in being able to just have an, an idea that is some fuzzy thing out there or something tangible and something in action. So if you're not living it, it, it has the, the values have no value. <laughs> I hate to say that, but that's you're not the truth. valuing your values, sure. You're, exactly. If you're not living them, then there's nothing there of substance. All right. So what happens to those businesses, Lisa, that that don't value their core values? Well, they deal with really expensive and time-consuming and energy-draining problems like employee conflict and customer complaints. They're so busy with their eyes on the road trying to drive down the street every day that they are forgetting the fundamental maintenance that they need in their vehicle. All right, and you said employee conflict and customer issues. You didn't even say employee turnover, which is the most expensive. Employee turnover is extraordinarily expensive. Sometimes it's a good thing when you have the wrong people on board, but it's certainly much more profitable to attract and retain wonderful, talented, loyal employees. Sometimes it comes down to the the little things. Like in our, um, let me backtrack for a second and say part of what Lisa talks about in her book is the identifying of these values. And then what are those actions? What are the behaviors in actual? And that, that then you're getting to something that's not as nebulous. And that's why we was, you were saying how computer businesses don't do it, because it's nebulous. They don't know how to measure it. But if you look at what that value is, for example, if we have a value of um, compassion and giving and our love value, well, we asked our staff, and this was actually following directions in Lisa's book, The Value of Core Values, we asked them to come up with, what is it? What are the do's? What does this look like when you look at this value? You could say, okay, our value is love, our value is Christ-centered, our value is honesty. What is the behavior that looks like that? 
And one of the simple things that w- this, one of the staff members wrote down when we said, please, and we spent that, that's the other time, we spent time. We sat down with our staff members and we said, okay, we're just going to spend two hours, and we did this in a number of sessions, focusing on this because we're valuing that this is important. Right, and most companies don't even take the time, time. No, to do that. Time. And, and I think what was key thing, you, you, you jump past something, you jump right into it, and, and which is fantastic, but it's important to note that when you laid out your core values, you, you involved your employees right. in the process. You had to and, have buy-in. Right, in, in the buy-in, but then in getting their feedback. And this is what it looks like, and this is absolutely what it doesn't look like. And this, and so then we could also go back and say, so everybody wrote down what their core, what they thought these actions would look like once we had our five core values identified. And for each one, what did it look like? And what were things that were contradictory to it also? So things we needed to avoid in our work environment. And it was very interesting. We went through and and we consolidated this list and we shared that list and discussed that list. And there's some simple things like showing compassion or the love out of the compassion is the body language and the eye contact that they make with patients and with each other. And one of the the people that we've had um, that didn't, I think one of the things that she didn't fit in with was that she didn't make eye contact with people. And this then became a, a bone of contention between coworkers and created a stressful situation. So there's more to than just doing the tasks. You have to be able to fit into the culture and work together. Right. Now, Lisa, you went around the country meeting these business owners that you wrote about in your book. What was what's probably one of the what's one of the best stories? One of the things where you 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 worked with a business owner, they identified their core values, and and you saw how it impacted their organization. Give, give me a good story well one of one of them was a construction company and now mind you when I was interviewing this um, company it was in the height of the bust but these folks built luxury uh, homes and they were still had homes to build which was a wonderful thing for them so I met with them at a staff meeting in the middle of June and this one was in Florida so you can imagine how hot it is at a lunch hour time these guys are coming off the construction site they changed their t-shirts, their sweaty t-shirts, and they were all getting together to have a monthly staff meeting that they had all the time. And when I walked in there, you kind of get a picture of what construction guys are like. Well, that wasn't th- what I felt at all. It was so contrary to the typical construction worker kind of environment. There were They were helping, everybody was pulling food together, the, the congeniality, it just felt great in there. So they were telling stories then, sharing stories about what they witnessed. One particular story was uh, on a construction site, they have these porta potties. And porta potties show up, and they said, you know, somebody must come and clean them, but they never paid much attention to it. Well, one day on the site, they noticed the gentleman who was cleaning the porta potty, and, and one of the workers went up to him and said, you know what, thank you for doing this work. You know, it's, it's, it must be tough work. Is there anything that we can do, anything that you would like us to pray for you today? So this, uh, the porta potty cleaner has a Down syndrome child, and so they asked that they'd pray for his family and for this child, and so they prayed over him. Well, then the, the next week, they noticed that they had this really 
great smell coming from the porta potty. <laughs> and the, the guy had taken it upon himself to clean it, to put in these air fresheners that smelled like cinnamon. And, and so, you know, the value of core values and living them is really, really priceless. Well, and I think probably what, what you've also Beautiful said. Beautiful fragrance. In the, yeah, that's right. Something you don't usually say about porta potties. I think one of the most incredible things at the book is just, you know, you talk about these business owners who took the time, Rose, as you said, they took the time to actually lay out these core values, then to involve their employees in identifying practical ways to incorporate them, but then the impact on the, as as these business owners identified that they wanted their faith in Christ to be at the center of what they do and to be the, the, the what they're leaning on to develop these core values that, that employees started being impacted and not for Christ and then also the customers being impacted for Christ. Yes, people around. And that that's just the way it works. You know, you want, again, you want to attract and retain employees who share your values and have that kind of impact on them. And they therefore will attract and retain customers. And it's it's a very profitable way to do business. And it's something that brings joy to the workplace, which, you know, it's just... We spend too much time at work to not have that job. And then I think, and the whole point of the I work for you is, I work for him, is that uh, we, whatever we do, we are we are Christ's hands and feet. We are, no matter what our widget is that we're selling or, or we're making, you know, for us it's, me- it's medical treatment, but whatever it is. Now we are physically, we're next door to a church. But there's a lot of people who have not found, wouldn't walk into that church, who walk into our business for a different reason and hopefully find the true healing that they need. Well, and as I've said many times in this show, if you are a Christian who's running a business, if your business looks just like your non-Christian competitor, there's a problem. Because Christ has impacted your life, It your business should look radically different than your non-Christian competitor. Now, I have, I have a little thing I wanted to, uh, to mention. We do, we've been following the value of core values, what Lisa outlined, Lisa Hudeman outlined in her book. It's a fabulous book. And it's wonderful to be able to read a business book and actually be able to put those things in practice. And we have a, there was an employee, not only did we go through and and list these values and the actions with our entire staff, we periodically review them. So one time I handed out the list of the values and their action statements that had come from, that the staff had created. And I, I asked everybody to just privately review them and do an an, an internal audit. Were they living their values? A couple days later, one of the staff members came to me and she said, I want to thank you for being someone and creating some place that truly values values and have you putting the time and emphasis that you have. And in reading over the, the, it reminded me that I'm not doing some of the things that I should be doing. And she was able. She changed changed her behavior to more be in alignment with the values that we had. Now, without doing that kind of work, which I would not have really known exactly how to put that into play, without the guidance that I got from the Value of Core Values book. All right. So, Lisa, how do people get a hold of you and get a hold of your book? 
Well, the book is available online at any of the uh, retailers, and it's also available in their stores. And, and of course, it's Karis also Christian. available at Karis Christian Bookstores. And you can find it on thevalueofvalues.com. And we work with organizations helping them actually put this into practice uh, by facil- facilitating them through the processes that we talk about. Certainly a business owner can take the book and use it as the, the way Rose has. Sometimes the organizations are a little bit bigger and more complex and we work with them in helping them do it as well. But one of the things that Rose just mentioned I think is really important. You have to get to the point where every employee raises the right hand and says, you know what, I want to be held accountable to these. I believe that living by these values is going to be good, not only for me, but good for our organization and good for our customers. So if I fail, I'd like you to point it out to me. And I will want to make it right. That's when you know you've got it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And if you can get an employee to say, please feed me, help me help make me a better person, then you know you've succeeded with your core values. Listen, I want to finish up for the end of our show. Lisa, the, the book has been fantastic, but I met you both because of the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay, and we've been developing our relationship. And I just wanted you guys to just comment. How has the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay made an impact on you and your business? Go ahead, Lisa, you first. Well, I love the Chamber because it has allowed me to meet a lot of like-minded business owners in the Tampa Bay area, and it is helping to have conversations around how do we grow our business and live our Monday through Friday the way our Sundays tell us to. And it's it's very, very supportive in working with um, other business people and networking with them and being able to refer people or just help them succeed. It's just very, very rewarding. Awesome. What about you, Rose? Well, I had the wonderful opportunity to meet Lisa um, at one of those events because she was the guest speaker Mm -hmm. on, and so it was after I had read the book and started to implement. So that was a wonderful thing to be able to do. But as a business owner who is a Christian, not only a Christian, but I am running a Christian business, it's sometimes I feel like we're an island out there. And it is wonderful to have the Christian chamber so that I know that I'm not an island, that no matter what kind of work people do, if we're all doing it for Christ, that we have some unity in that and there is support and it's a wonderful communication and conversation that can comes from that, from being part of the chamber. You know, and it's important. If you want to get more involved in the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay, you could check them out at C3TB. Christian Chamber of Commerce, that's the C3 part, TB, Tampa Bay. Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay, C3TB.org. We have monthly lunches the third Wednesday of every month at Feather Sound Country Club at 1130 to about 130. A great time to network with other professionals who also want to work on incorporating their faith in Christ, as well as get a great meal and hear a great speaker who's coming to give you more information on how to incorporate that faith in Christ. So it's really been a great, great opportunity. So just closing off on the value of core values. I think what I want business owners and people running Christian businesses out there, like I said before, if you are a Christ follower and you own a business or you are running a business or you're a manager, who you are should look radically different than your non-Christian counterparts. You should stick out like a sore thumb in the business community. If you are a Christ follower and Jesus has radically altered your life, it should affect everything you do. So please keep that in mind. It should impact your core values and you need to have your core values step back, look at them, readjust them if that's what you need to do. Uh, it's just so important that we uh, that you do that. All right, now listen, 
Does your company operate under a set of defined core values? Have you taken the time to do that? Do your employees know what those values are? Do your core values reflect your faith in Christ? If these questions in today's conversation find you desiring a deeper understanding of how to fit how God fits in your workplace, then check out Business His Way. It's a monthly business mentoring process designed for you to learn how to follow our Lord in your workplace. Brought to you by C12 Tampa Bay and I work for him. For more information on this monthly meeting, which meets the second Friday of every month at New Life Solutions in Largo, Email me, jim at iworkforhim.com. That's jim at iworkforhim.com. And just remind me, you want to talk to, me, talk to me about business his way. Next week on the I Work For Him show, we'll be talking with Joe Murray, who is the college administrator with the Christian International College of Healthcare Professionals. That's, that's what they do. They raise up nurses and train them how to incorporate Christ into their nursing and raise them up to be nurses all at one time. And that's going to be a great and fantastic conversation. You know, my sponsors are people I trust, people that you can trust. Please do business with them. Look for the links to their company websites listed on my website, iworkforhim.com, as well as on the WTIS1110.com website. Also on the iWorkForhim website, you'll find all kinds of great resources, including the show's schedule, the guest schedule, and all kinds of recommended resources for incorporating Christ into your workplace. But most of all, if you'd like to get your message out to my huge audience and get it out to thousands of people every Monday night, you too can advertise on the I Work For Him show. Contact me, jim at iworkforhim.com. Thank you to my guest today, Lisa Hudiman with Black Diamond Associates and Rose Averill with St. Francis Sleep Allergy and Lung Clinic. It was a pleasure having you guys on the show today. Oh, it is a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm glad you guys could be here. Please take time to like us on like us on Facebook. Just search for I Work For Him. Thanks to Mike Miracle, who constantly gives me Jim, you're running out of time, Signals. Thanks for keeping me on time today, Michael. All right, I hope today's show has been challenging and inspiring, that, that you are somehow thinking about, wow, maybe I should step back and work on my core values. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, Tampa Bay. I own my own business. I'm not perfect, but I do know one thing. I don't know about you, Tampa Bay, but I work for him. For him.